Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. Going, shall we say, above and beyond in life and by faith, not only has a way of lifting the spirits of both receiver and giver, it also changes things for the better. That's what we're talking about in today's message, which is entitled, For Your Camels Also. And it's based on the story of Rebecca from the book of Genesis, chapter 24, verses 10 through 28. Have you ever had someone do something for you that was so well above and beyond what you ever expected? Someone who so willingly went the extra mile for you that you were left overwhelmed by the sheer generosity of it. I'm remembering one particular Easter when our children were still very young. Now, as you can imagine, things were extremely busy in the church I was serving, as it always was on Holy Week. Our three children were extremely busy, as they always were on any given week. And as a family, we, of course, had our own holiday to prepare for. But on top of all of that, on this particular Easter week, my wife Lisa had caught a real case of the flu, and she was laid out flat. So suddenly, as you also can imagine, dad's in charge, which has always been a risky proposition at best, but right then happened to be a true recipe for disaster. But I got to tell you, as memory serves, thanks be to God, word got around the church and soon there were babysitters in abundance. There was helpers at every service. We used to do something called an agape meal. So there were people that came in and helped cook that. And somehow uh, Palm Sunday became Monday, Thursday became Good Friday, and we somehow managed to get through it all. But then after church on Easter afternoon, when I'm plopping on a couch and deciding that McDonald's is a perfectly viable option for Easter dinner, <laughs> I look out the window of the parsonage to discover a literal parade of church folk arriving at the parsonage, bearing gifts of ham and sweet potatoes, casseroles, more desserts than anyone should ever be allowed to have on Easter or any other time. It was an absolute feast. And the best thing about it was that all these women of the church, most of whom, who already were way too busy preparing their own big meals for the holiday, had gone the extra mile to make dinner for us. And that meant more to us than anything we could ever begin to express. We've had a lot of Easter dinners over the years, a lot of memorable Easter dinners, but that maybe was the most memorable of all. For you see, friends, when someone goes above and beyond like that, it has a way of not only making you feel very loved, which it did, it also lifts your spirit, doesn't it? And it does change things for you in that by virtue of that kindness, 
suddenly the possibilities for life and living greatly multiply. Things are, are so much better than they were before. Not only that, but this spiritual uplift of which I speak also, I am convinced, has a way of expanding, exponentially expanding, and in ways you may not be expecting. In other words, friends, if you've been lifted up, the people around you are also lifted up, and they begin to change for the better. Now, some of us might refer to this as paying it forward, but it comes down to a basic truth that the awards of generosity do tend to overflow, and they touch the lives of others as it does overflow. And the best part of all, the absolute best part of this is that God is glorified in the abundance. Well, that's what our text for this morning is all about. This story that Sarah just read to us, a small portion of the Old Testament story of Rebecca, a woman whose simple generosity not only brings her directly into God's great plan, it sets the standard for you and me as well. Here's the backstory Abraham, who is now very old and widowed, is seeking to find a wife for his son Isaac. Isaac, who himself, about this time, is about 40 years old. Now, it was customary in those days for the father to arrange the marriages of their children, but because of his advanced age, Abraham cannot and does not do this for himself. He actually sends a servant to go and do the job, to find a wife for Isaac. And so this servant sets out on a 500-mile journey, outfitted with 10 camels, 10 camels piled high with gifts and supplies, all for the purpose of finding the perfect woman and convince her, not to mention her family, to come back with him to marry Isaac. Folks, this was most assuredly not eHarmony.com. It is no small task, as you can imagine. And in fact, the further the servant travels, the less certain he is of the outcome of this journey. And as he enters the village of Nahor, he prays that God will give him a sign, a very specific sign, so that he'll know that the woman, he'll know the woman that God has chosen for Isaac. <laughs> and it would seem as though it worked. We're told that even before he had finished praying, the servant sees with what one commentator refers to as, quote, a beautiful young woman of unimpeachable integrity, unquote. And she is on the way to the well. It's Rebecca. And here's what happens. When the servant asks her for a drink, Rebecca immediately takes the jar of water down on her shoulder, lifts it down, and offers him that drink. But then she says this. I will draw for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Come to find out that was kind of the way that the servant was praying. 
And as if that wasn't enough of a sign, without any hesitation of all, Rebecca immediately goes to work bringing up jugs of water from the well for the camels. And at this point, right away, the servant knows beyond any shadow of any doubt that his search was at an end, and this was the girl. Now, think about this with me for just a moment. Now, I realize that by today's standards, watering the camels may not seem like a defining criteria for the perfect spouse. But this, folks, was a huge gesture on Rebecca's part. Consider the fact, as I learned in grade school, that though a camel can go a long period of time without drinking water, when they do, one camel can easily drink between 20 and 30 gallons of water. I even read, when I looked it up online to kind of check my facts there, uh, as, as many as 50 gallons at times. So there were 10 camels here, folks. So you can do the math. 10 camels times, for the sake of, of the story, 20 or 30 gallons each, which equals about two or 300 gallons of water. And oh, by the way, Rebecca was bringing this water up from the well one jug at a time, with the jug only holding at most five gallons of water each trip. Tell you what, in the summertime when we take our little jugs down to the spring to bring back to the camp, I was complaining having to carry one in each hand. <laughs> so you see, what seemed like a simple offer of kindness would have taken Rebecca two hours or more to fulfill. Now, Rebecca would have been considered a very kind person if she had just smiled sweetly and given this man his drink of water. Technically speaking, nobody asked her to draw water for the camels. She could have, in fact, done the sufficient act of kindness and then go home. But Rebecca did more than what was required or expected. And she did it with an open, generous spirit. Now, you're probably thinking the same thing I was when I went to this passage this week, that surely, surely, Rebecca must have had some inkling of the time, the effort, and physical sacrifice that this task was going to require of her. But the point is here is she did it anyway. And she kept on doing it trudging back and forth again and again from the wells to the camels to the camels back to the wells back and forth back and forth back and forth rebecca simply was a person who lived unto the notion that i'll do what you asked me to do and then i'm going to do something more and as a result of going above and beyond her life changed forever suddenly there was jewelry being set before her. Suddenly there were, can we stay at your, your father's house tonight? Suddenly there's a lot of uh, uh, questions about her future. The point is, that, and it really needs to be made here, is that Rebecca couldn't have known that this simple act of generosity would lead her to a husband, a, a fortune, a legacy, and a place in history, part of God's plan. As far as Rebecca was concerned, she did this not because it was 
the right thing to do, not completely because it was the right thing to do, but also because it was the righteous thing to do. And to this, I just say, if only we could learn that kind of generosity in our own walk of faith. John Maxwell has written that in this story, Rebecca's generosity stands in stark contrast to the prevailing attitudes today. This attitude in that there are few individuals who desire to do more than they must. Everywhere you look, Maxwell says, you see an attitude of minimum effort for maximum payment. Sadly, Maxwell goes on to say, this even applies to the lives and thoughts of many people of faith. People who can quote you chapter and verse where scripture is concerned and are well acquainted with the moral and ethical imperatives of the faith who know everything they're supposed to do, but rarely, if ever, go beyond it. And that's a true shame, is it not? Because true righteousness before the Lord requires more than a mere teaspoon of spirit and generosity. Rather, blessing is the byproduct of a generous spirit, ready and willing to be parceled out for everything that God would have us do and more. Can you imagine, friends, what our lives would be, yours and mine, and what the effect of those lives would be with the generosity of Rebecca. The Reverend Victor Pence, who happens to be one of my all-time favorite preachers, he says this very well. Do you want to change the world, he asks? Be a Rebecca. Would you like to make your faith so irresistible that people follow you to church like bugs to a floodlight? Be a Rebecca. Would you like people to smile and thank God that they know you and that you're a friend of theirs? Be a Rebecca. The bottom line is that we can either live our lives in a careful and measured fashion, giving of ourselves to God and one another in ways that seem safe and reasonable, or we can respond to God's spirit with the generosity of a Rebecca and say to all those around us, I will bring you water and for your camels also. Now, I'll grant you this kind of generosity requires from us commitment, real effort, not to mention the willingness to take a risk at times. Because yes, it is very tempting, especially in these very uncertain times we live in, to succumb to the idea that to step back is the more prudent way to go. Safer, we reason, to stay at the place and the level where we're comfortable, to do what's good enough, what's fine, what's fair, and then go no further. All in the hope, we reason, that maybe somebody else will come along to do the rest of what needs to be done. But do you know the problem with an attitude like that? Nothing wonderful ever happens. No one ever gets to experience the incredible feeling 
that comes from knowing what God is doing through his people, those people who are giving of themselves above and beyond what's expected. People don't get to hear about the love of Jesus with a kind of unbridled wonder that only comes from those who truly know of that wonder firsthand. They'll never discover the utter joy that comes in the experience of true and godly worship, all because they've never been extended the invitation to be a part of it, because they've never had the chance to share in the laughter and the tears that flow in such great and righteous abundance in a place like this. And that person who's come into the sanctuary for the first time won't ever get the assurance maybe for the very first time in their lives, friends, that they're not totally alone after all. But there is a perfect love in Jesus Christ that casts out all fear. And all because the one who knew differently never sees the moment to reach out. My point here is that when there's a generosity of spirit in and through you and me, in this wonderful church, in this ministry we share, in the lives we live day in and day out. Those who see us cannot help but be overwhelmed at what God can do. How can we ever presume to step back from that? How can good enough ever be good enough? Yes, as you probably already guessed, this is about stewardship. And it is something that we need to be taking seriously just about now. But believe me when I tell you that even more than that, this is about the sheer magnitude of what God has done for us. About letting the knowledge we have of God inspire us to true generosity in every way that applies. Right now, at this very moment, you and I are being called to bring forth good spiritual water. The same spiritual water that we've been blessed to drink in such abundance. There are people who need that water. There's a world that needs that care. There are those who are standing on the outside, they're looking in, and all they really want in their heart of hearts is a drink of water. The question before us now is how much of that water that we drink in such abundance are we willing to share? That's just something we should think about, I think, as we come to the Lord's table today. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, For Your Camels Also. It was recorded during our November the 7th service of worship at East Congregational Church in Concord, New Hampshire. Now, if you'd like to be a part of one of those services live and in person, they happen every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road in Concord. That's off exit 16 on I-93. Or else you can be with us live online via Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page. 
And we even have a YouTube channel for East Congregational Church if you'd like to find it there. However it happens for you, we would love it if you could be with us. And with that, we come to the close of another episode of this Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon. 